Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, we're all about the holidays. We'll go over some holiday games to bring to the table. We talk Potion Explosion at our shelfie. For our escape room report, we are virtually helping out Santa. And of course, we have our Friday favorites. Happy holidays, Lauren. Happy holidays. And you know, it's going to be a different kind of Christmas for all of us, I Mm -hmm. think, with um, COVID still keeping everybody separate. Not everyone's being able to maybe celebrate the way they have in the past. Um, We're not only dealing with COVID here, but also we're in the midst of moving. So there are no holiday decorations up at our house because everything's being packed up into boxes right now. Um, We don't even have any games on our shelf right now, which is a bit of a weird thing for us because they too have all been packed up. I feel like I could write a Christmas board game miracle like poem. (laughs) I went to the cupboards and what to my dismay, but all my games have been packed, packed away. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's a bit of a, a different Christmas for us. And in fact, we were kind of not even doing things in order because we've already gifted ourselves our Christmas gift for the year. (laughs) Um, Because we both needed new phones (laughs) at a very inopportune time. So we had to do that a little bit early. No, a very opportune time because of Black Friday deals. True. Very true. But yeah, but you know, it was kind of like, we've got a lot going on and then, you know, Christmas is obviously a little bit of a ways away still, Mm -hmm. but we, we had to do things a little out of order this year. Right. Um, So, you know, the thing is, it's not always about, traditions necessarily mm-hmm. you know sometimes you just gotta roll with it and make like dice yeah i make different traditions <laughs> so what are you bringing to game night Greg? i bring my new phone that i bought okay <laughs> um i uh well we are a part of the moral combat group and uh we're going to be taking a little break over the holidays because you and i are moving and one of the other other friend david is moving so it's going to be hard for the five of us to all get together and argue about what is the best fill in the blank you know or (laughs) Or, worst worst yeah right now um if you are listening to um the moral combat podcast that we're a part of um we are just wrapping up at the time that this episode comes out, actually, we're wrapping up the most overrated 80s film. The overrated. The yeah. overrated, yes. But we are going to do um, one more thing with them before mm-hmm. we wrap up for the year. We're going to do our Hot Ones Hot Sauce stream live on Twitch. Yes. And so for this game, I'm bringing the heat. <laughs> because uh, as um, our main host, Matt, has uh, said, you've heard their hot takes. Now let's see if they can take the heat. So if you're familiar with the um, Hot Ones YouTube mm-hmm. um, Which show, you just introduced me to, and I'm yeah, loving it. Yeah, it is really fun. Like, if you've never seen it, look it up. Basically, they set out all these wings with different hot sauces that progress in heat. Mm-hmm. And while a celebrity eats these wings, they are also being interviewed. And that sounds like maybe stupid or simple, but because of... A combination of things. One, I think because of the hot sauce and like the absurdity of it and the fact that it is very hot, a lot of the celebrities tend to like drop their walls a little bit. Yeah. um, Because they're kind of dealing with the heat but then being asked questions so they can't like think of PC answers or lies or what what's the good story like they they're just answering truthfully um also the host for whatever reason he asks really good questions and he's just a really good host yeah um and he's has a really good rapport with them and so it's you know if i feel like um some of the big um late night hosts should take 
notes from him because right. he's just a really good interviewer. I think he'd be um, good to replace um, Coco, Conan O'Brien. Uh-huh. He said he's going to be retiring after 30 years from the late show. Oh. So have him, have this dude do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, if you've never seen that, but that's kind of what we're basing this on. And basically we've all decided upon some hot sauces that we can all, we could all purchase mm-hmm. and we're going that to That was the hardest part that. is the logistics of like, how do we all get the same hot sauce? Yeah. And which ones do we eat? And, yeah. you know, trying to get everyone to agree on it because some of us are not super willing. <laughs> I'm willing to do it. Yeah. We have one host who's a, a little nervous. Um, so the, yeah, that's going to be going on December 12th. Oh, and we are also doing um, one of those charity things for Make-A-Wish, I think it is. Yes. And we're, the donations, um, if you put in donations while watching the stream, you can do things like ask the host a question. You can remove milk from one of us. Yeah, or you can make us like eat it again. If or possibly. like do extra sauce yeah. or like whatever. So uh, we're trying to raise, I think it's 500 mm-hmm. at the least for Make-A-Wish. So definitely tune into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pick on me. Go ahead, you know. <laughs> like, I know that one of the questions that's been flowing around Mortal Kombat lately is, who hurt you, Greg? Because <laughs> I apparently had some very strange and different choices for what's overrated or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, come at me. <laughs> Bring the heat, and yeah. I will too. So, yeah, once again, I think if you look up uh, Mortal Kombat, all the social media, there's the logistics of where on Twitch to see this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's December um, 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You know, you can tune in and see us make fools of ourselves. And just to find us online, it's twitch.tv slash NTRL hat trick, natural hat trick. At Mortal Kombat Pod on Twitter and MortalKombatPod.com on the internet. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some of our um, holiday selections. Mm-hmm. So uh, there there are a ton of holiday games, I, I would say. And of course, you know, a lot of them are, you know, Christmas Monopoly and, I, you know, just games that are we've reskinned. We've gone down this road before, Lauren. Yeah. But not again. It's the same, like, okay, we get it. Oh, Santa Claus owns Broadway, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are some kind of different choices and some you know more specific games and we kind of wanted to you know not just look at christmas but look at um all of the kind of big holidays um i feel like halloween's probably the easiest because it just has to be horror themed right yeah so you have your mysteriums you have your you know horrified is a new popular one where you're that's a great one you're kind of playing we played that on halloween yeah you're kind of playing um trying to defeat different classic horror film monsters like Creature from Black Lagoon, Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah, and so they're they're going around this town, and you're trying to collect things that will stop them, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one has a different thing that they need to stop them. Um, you know, you have your, you know, betrayal on House on the Hill. You know, there's yeah. a ton of them. Halloween's the easy one. Halloween's the easy one, but some of the other um, ones might not be um, so easy, like our Thanksgiving. Um, you know, Christmas, even Easter, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, those could be different and some games, they kind of lend themselves well to multiples. Like for instance, Munchkin, right? Munchkin kit has a couple different versions that meet different holidays. Well, they have the main Munchkin that's kind of Dungeons and Dragons fantasy based. Uh And for that, they released several booster packs, not full expansions or anything like that, but like little, like here's 15 cards for each deck that you can do. Um, They did that a couple times for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So like you have things like you can equip mistletoes. Yeah. You know, they had the naughty and nice. They even had like obscure stuff like the Festivus pole. 
from mm-hmm. Seinfeld, you know. <laughs> um, they also did do a um, Easter one where they had the ether bunny that you're fighting, uh-huh. you know, and, they, and like you can throw chocolate eggs at people, you know. So they get into holidays too. Yeah. Um, another version of Munchkin though that I really like is the Nightmare Before Christmas Munchkin. Yeah. That's obviously, once again, kind of Halloween based, but not horror based. It's yeah. based upon the movie. And it does have Christmas cards in there as well. But it does go a little bit into Easter and Thanksgiving even. Yeah. Because in there you can be a citizen of a different type of town. So you can be a Halloween town, Christmas town, Easter town, or Thanksgiving town citizen. And that has its own benefits to it. It's mm-hmm. almost like a class or like a race in the original Munchkin. So I kind of wanted to make a quick mention of that as well. And especially if you're a big fan of that movie which I think many people are, but if you're a really big fan and you like card games, even mm-hmm. if you haven't played Munchkin, the rules are simple enough. Yeah. The only downside I have to Nightmare Before Christmas is that the equipment that you have mm-hmm. is very limited. Mm. Like, because, you know, in regular Munchkin, it's all about putting on all this ridiculous armor and weapons and uh-huh. shoes and hats and all this and, like, going to battle fully buffed out. Nightmare Before Christmas, it's... It feels like it's lacking that. Like the size of the treasures that you get uh-huh. aren't as plentiful as they are in other ones. Yeah. So I'm just going to put that out there. Mm-hmm. I, I seem to remember that. I, I believe we don't. We got rid of our copy of well, it. I had a friend who was an absolute diehard fan of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? We, we have so many other games. I, I would like to just give this to you as a mm-hmm. friend. And she was very thankful for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, I seem to remember that being something that we found it too, is that we are, our characters just all seemed really low level and, you know, it was like, I'm not getting anything to boost me, you know? It's kind of hard then, yeah. Yeah. Um, think that's a good one because it, it, you know, like you said, it, it kind of goes over multiple holidays. Mm -hmm. But Um, also like the Easter and the Thanksgiving one, because they're not in the movie, aren't well represented. Mm -hmm. But like, if they did an expansion to expand that out some, it could be fun, you know, but they did um so thanksgiving i didn't find a lot of like specifically thanksgiving type um games Mm -hmm. i did find one that i think you'll really enjoy oh really um yes it is a game called a stuff the turkey i'm listening and the (laughs) um (laughs) i really want this to just be like you have little like soft cubes of stuffing Mm -hmm. and you're trying to like it's almost like a reverse um uh, Mr. Well, no, it's like Mr. Bucket, where like you're constantly putting the stuffing inside the turkey, and he keeps like spitting them out. Yeah. So this game is it's by House of Marbles, um, and the idea is that you are stuffing Brussels sprouts up the turkey's behind. It literally says that on the front. It That's literally great. And what says are you stuffing that. up there, with, Lauren? Um, you're using like those little party blowers. The thing that unravels and goes. Burr. Yeah, you're using those to push these little green marbles inside into the butt of a um cardboard turkey and can i say something yes the turkey on the front box does not look happy not giving consent no um and then this game is currently on um amazon for twenty dollars um the fact that anyone would pay twenty dollars on this delights me to no end (laughs) just because like i'm just like if like if they can do this and people will buy it People will buy anything. Like, mm. why aren't we just coming up with stupid game ideas all the time? You well, know, I, I don't am. know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like the fact that it's just like party blowers and you're moving along little, little balls, um, balls to go into, into, a, a into a cardboard turkey is 
just hilarious that's, to me. That's, that, that makes me smile so much. <laughs> but as far as um, Thanksgiving specifically, um, it's a little lean out there. Yeah. The only other one I could find that has any kind of Thanksgiving-esque, mm-hmm. and this is me stretching it a little yeah. bit, is a Holiday Flux. Mm-hmm. And flux is one of those games that we talked about once or twice before where it's a card game and you constantly have a goal of like whoever has, you know, Christmas tree and fireplace on the table wins you know mm-hmm. and you have all these cards that represent that but then the goal will change like no someone can change no it's whoever has the christmas the thanksgiving turkey and the fireplace wins mm-hmm. or whoever has this you know so they can keep changing the rules and how many draw draw and so yeah holiday flux is nice because it incorporates all the end of the year holidays it incorporates hanukkah and incorporates mm-hmm. christmas and incorporates thanksgiving it yeah it does a lot and it, it's it's kind of nice too because it doesn't focus necessarily on any of the religious aspects, uh-huh. but more of the cozy, warm family aspects. You know, like stockings and like a fireplace or like wrapped presents mm-hmm. and decorative lights. You know, so it, it's kind of like, even if it's not something you're playing for, if someone puts down a card, you'd be like, oh, I love mashed potatoes with, with chives mm-hmm. or something, you know, because that's a card that got put down, you know. Yeah. So you can maybe even bring up conversations of like do you remember that year that grandma did this Uh you know so it's a fun game and also can you know bring about some fun memories when you go into christmas though that's when your options kind of become endless and you kind of have like you run the gamut of good christmas games and bad christmas games um i did notice um so most of us who are really into board games know that funko who are most popular for the little plastic kind of figurines. Big-headed Charlie Brown-looking figurines. Yeah. Um, They've entered the game realm, Mm -hmm. and they've started making a lot of games, um, and they have a whole slew of Christmas games out right now. You actually saw one when we were at Target recently. Yeah. And this one is themed after the movie Elf, right? Which which is your favorite Christmas movie, if I remember correctly. One of my favorites, yes. Top three, at least, yeah. Uh, So that one is called Elf Journey from the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because it looks cutesy, but actually it's kind of like I think kids can play it. Uh-huh. I think at the age range on maybe like six up, but it could also be deviously difficult for like mm-hmm. an adult. It's like you're really playing strategically. And it looks like the so the scenario is you're kind of moving Buddy from the North Pole into the city to meet his dad, yeah. right? And so what it is is that you will have a card that has three objectives. Like you want to meet Mr. Walrus. You want to get the world's best cup of coffee and you want to make sure you go through the swirly whirly gumdrop forest, you know, kind of things like that. Uh-huh. Right? It doesn't matter what order, but you want to make sure those things, things get hit. But there's like multiple things on the board. Like I wanted him to go to the peppermint like thing or, and then, you know, uh, go ice skating or something. And so the order in which you have him check these landmarks determines how many points it's worth. Mm-hmm. The first three locations he goes to is worth three points. Second three locations, two points. One point and then nothing. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like a constant game of push me, pull you, where I can play down three cards that show like the path he takes. And I'm going towards the left and you're like, no, he needs to go to the right first. Uh-huh. So like he can then like take a weird path. So it's this it's this game that essentially it's like, do you remember the Family Circus cartoons mm-hmm. where they had like, oh, the kid ran here and you could see he went up the swings with a little dotted line they left? You're essentially building that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's a little hexagonal board. And you're building Buddy's weird little path that he took because he doesn't know where he's going <laughs> all the way up to New York City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I like that. Well, actually, I don't. I, 
I think it's interesting that it comes like in a triangle shaped box. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that because how would you store it? On top of your other box. I so guess, he, but like... It looks like his hat. You would yeah, put it on top of another box, so that box is wearing a hat. I don't know. I just... As a... I think for board game enthusiasts, I feel like they would get annoyed with the shape of this box. Okay. Then you buy two of them, and you put them on top of each other. <laughs> triangle plus triangle <laughs> yeah. equals a square. <laughs> um, but they didn't stop at Elf. They also have um, the Funko National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Which is a, a card game where you're um, laying out um, tiles to create um, kind of Christmas bulb combinations and, you know, making sure that it's you're not none of them are burnt out and stuff like that. That's fun. I like that. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you're building on combos to score. They also have um, Funko A Christmas Story, a oh, major card game. <laughs> That title gets um, So this one, you're trying to help um, Ralphie get the BB gun and the decoder ring that he wants for Christmas. Um, basically, you Counselor, are... Um, objection. He didn't want the decoder ring for Christmas. He didn't know. He just wanted it because I he's know. part of the Little Orphan Annie fan club. Um, Sustained. So you get to like peek at present cards. You get to triple dog dare other players, make trades, um, but you have to beware of the bullies who are in the deck. Okay. Um, if you have the famous leg lamp, it comes mm-hmm. with a leg lamp figurine. Um, yes. You get to swipe other players' cards. Um, it's I, very much a take that kind of game. I might want this for you Christmas. You might want this. I have to see it, but... We, we do love A Christmas Story. It's one of our favorites. We, you and I will talk after we're done recording okay. this. Um, and then even um, beyond that, Funko also has um, a card game out for gremlins i did see that they have yeah. a, another elf one that's card based mm-hmm. um and they have one based on the classic cartoon frosty the snowman so funko is going hard into the christmas movie board yeah. games where's their die hard <laughs> yeah that's because you have gremlins in there well there is hard. a die hard board game but where's but the die, it's where's not the yeah i don't they know that they could rush it out in time yeah <laughs> um Going back to more traditional mm-hmm. Christmas, um, there's one that actually came out last year that I uh, haven't played yet, but it looks really good and I love it. And it's called 12 Days. Mm-hmm. It's based upon the 12 Days of Christmas. It's a card game. And it's these beautiful cards that look almost like stained glass windows. Mm-hmm. It's about the, you know, uh, partridge in the pear tree, two turtle doves, things like that. So what it is, is that you have 12 cards that are the 12. Mm-hmm. You know, the 12 drummers drumming. You have 11 cards that are the whatever. I forget what it is. Uh, five, five golden rings, you know. And if you know how to play the game Hearts, it's kind of like that where you have 12 cards in your hand. You take one card, you pass it to the player to your left. Mm-hmm. And then you take one card and you play it down in front of you. And like that's what you're doing there. And it's cool because what they do is the first objective for the cards in front of you, whoever has the lowest number card wins that round, mm-hmm. right? So you want to pass high number cards to the person to your left so that way they don't have anything good to play. Yeah. But... At the end of the game, and then like, you know, when you win that round, you take the first card for the day. So the first round is day one, right? So you win the first day and that's worth one point. If you win the second day, it's worth two points at the end. So you kind of build on points that way. Uh-huh. But at the end of the game, whoever has the most of each number wins that many points. So if you have three out of the five, five golden rings, you win five points. Uh-huh. If you have eight out of the 12 drummers drumming, you win 12 points because you won that lot. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird how at the beginning and for the first half of the game, you don't want the high number cards because you want to be able to win those points on the board. Uh-huh. But at the end of the game, you really want those high number cards because now you're going to get all these extra points mm-hmm. there. So it's kind of like a balancing act that you have to play. And like I said, it's got these beautiful kind of stained glass looking 
cards that also remind you of what the song is. And so uh-huh. hopefully maybe you can remember the order this time. <laughs> yeah. I know it up to eight. After eight, I lose myself, you know. Um, another one that I saw, um, it's actually, it's kind of funny because it's, it seems like a very simple game and I'm a little, uh, I was a little surprised about how expensive it was, but mm-hmm. it's made with, from um, Elf on the Shelf, like the official Elf on the Shelf. Is it Mench on a Bench? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so it's called Elf on the Sh- Shelf Presents Pile Up. Mm. Um, it's actually, so basically you have like this board um, and you have a sleigh in the middle and you have something where you're trying to essentially, you put a little present on this little catapult and you're trying to fling gifts into the sled. Um, and like, depending on where you are on the board, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's mostly geared towards kids. It's a dexterity game. Um, it does look cute. I, I could see kids probably getting um, a kick out of it. I, I feel as a parent, I mean, I'm not a parent, but if I were, I'd be worried that um, about the mess it might make um, yeah. with the presents flying everywhere and little pieces going different places. Um, another one that I thought was actually really clever, and especially for right now where not everyone can kind of celebrate together necessarily mm-hmm. um i saw that there's um a company called masters of mystery and they specialize in host your own um, murder mystery game kits Ooh. and they have one right now that is um, specifically host your own christmas murder mystery game um which can be played at home or virtually i love it so not only is it something fun that you could um get and um kind of play with your your family at home but also something that maybe you can do with people um via zoom or other things as well and they have you know instructions for how to do it virtually i i very seriously might be doing that (laughs) and you know that's the thing too is um there's lots of options too aside from just these christmas games i mean these are just some that we found that we thought you know you might might be fun to bring to the table for the holidays um, you could also look at, um, maybe doing like, um, an at home Christmas scavenger hunt with the kids. That yeah. would be fun. You know, mm-hmm. little things that we can make fun because even though we can't necessarily do maybe the traditions we used to do, right. go the places we used to go, you know, there's different things you can do. Or, um, if you don't want to actually do maybe like Christmas games, or maybe you don't want to buy any additional games, you could also do just like winter themed games. Mm-hmm. Right, so right. you had a couple um, winter themed ones that you thought might be good. Yeah, um, some of the winter themed ones, like going into your murder mystery thing. Uh, I have Dead of Winter, mm-hmm. which is a zombie survival game, but it's very cold. <laughs> well, it's because it takes place in the dead of winter, and you are survivors in a compound, and you have to deal with managing food reserves, energy reserves, making sure the trash doesn't pile up, you know, and like. However many survivors you have, that's how much food you have to have. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, well, someone's going to go out and scavenge for it. But, like, as you scavenge, like, you risk losing that player with those abilities because they're going out into the zombie wasteland. And, like, as you scavenge and rummage more, you make noise. And mm-hmm. the more noise you make, the more chance zombies are going to come. Yeah. And if they do come, how you defend yourself. It's, it's one of those games that it's a lot to learn. But once you have it down, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. And the best part is sometimes there's a hidden traitor where someone might be trying to sabotage uh-huh. the entire group because they all have, because everybody has their own selfish little need. Like somebody will be like, you need to make sure that there's no more than eight people in the compound. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game. Or you need to make sure that there's uh, more than 20 cans of food in storage at the end of the game. So everyone like has their own little focus, you know? So you might be like, no, we can't 
we can't spend more food, you know, and you're just making up stuff because you can't say why. But one player might be like, everyone needs to be dead but you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're like, wow, so okay. And Santa Claus does make an appearance. And there again. is a mall Santa in there. So like, you know, yeah. and the sad thing is, he's the most expendable character. <laughs> like literally, it's like, if he dies, morale doesn't go down, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, there's also the, um, one of the Ticket to Rides. We always have to have a Ticket to Ride, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Ticket to Ride Nordic Countries, you know, it, it's kind of uh, winter-based. The cards all have a wintry theme. Um, there's kind of a route to Santa. They even have uh, winter-colored trains of mm-hmm. white trains. Yeah. yeah. The purple's a weird choice, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and actually, if you play the app version, mm-hmm. one of the bots that you play against is essentially Santa, and he uh, always tries to go for the top route for the, to the, the North the, Pole. The impossible route that's like 12 trains yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that one is hard though because it's only for two to three players. Yeah, you can't go above four because it is so cutthroat and tight quarters mm-hmm. with so many like choke points of like you have to make sure you're going down this one road or you're you're totally screwed. Yeah, you know, uh, it's also interesting and I find it fun to play in a map that I'm not familiar with. Like I know the American map, mm-hmm. I know the European map, but when you zoom in on a specific country, I'm like, oh, I don't know where Oslo is in comparison to the rest of the geography so you really have to go searching for uh-huh. it, and i kind of enjoy that and then my last one that i have for my mm-hmm. list uh before we w- wrap it up the kind of christmas you know winter stuff yeah. is it's a little thing that i cooked up mm-hmm. uh they have the game the resistance which is where you have two or three hidden traders in a group and essentially it's like a voting game mm-hmm. where who's going to go out and do this operation to throw down the government or this corporate you know, uh, entity, whatever. It's supposed to be one of those like neo, like futuristic cyberpunk kind yeah. of things, you know. Uh, but essentially, everyone has a hidden role and you vote like, am I going to sabotage or not? I have a version of that that's the Grinch that I made up for like some students one year when I was a teacher way back uh-huh. then. And essentially, it's instead of like trying to overthrow a megacorp thing, it's you're, tr- you're the who's trying to decorate for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And each round is you doing a different Christmas thing. But one or two, you may be a secret Grinch who wants to sabotage that. So I say, like, you know, you're going to be singing carols, decorating the tree, lighting the lights, uh, wrapping presents, and cooking a Christmas feast. And as long as three of those things go up without a hitch, Christmas can still be saved. Uh-huh. But if two, three or more of them did fail, then, ah, oh, Christmas was ruined, that Grinch. <laughs> and honestly, it's a cute little free to re-theme the thing. You know, yeah. you can reskin it. Because really, to tell the truth, the resistance, you can make it home. You just, yeah. it takes you half an hour to print out the things and then like uh-huh. just give everyone a little piece of paper. Yeah, and there you much. go. So I, I say just do that, just like you're who or you're a Grinch. Mm-hmm. And then just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. But we do have uh, one or two other ones that are not Christmas themed because we're still talking holidays. Yeah. So, you know, another one, especially I think this is a holiday that if you don't have kids, it can be, or. Maybe, you know, if you don't have kids and maybe you're not super religious, this yeah. is kind of one of those holidays that you might not have a lot to do. Or, you know, they, it might be one of those holidays that, like, you have a meal and that's it. You know, right. they, like, there's not much to do to celebrate. So why not bring a game to the, to the table? Mm-hmm. And that is Easter. And granted, I know um, the Easter bunny is a very American thing that not all countries um, celebrate. Do other countries do the Easter bunny? I wonder. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of it outside of America. I think some of the Western countries do, okay. but I know for some countries it's quite a foreign idea. Right. If you've ever heard um, David Sedaris, he actually has a story about it, where I guess some countries believe in a bell and they think the Easter Bunny is ridiculous. A bell? Yeah. Okay, I gotta go listen to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so there, there's a lot of um, 
funny themed games out there. Um, but a couple of note, I think that would be fun is one, um, the first one that came to mind is Killer Bunnies, that oh, series. That. Um, yeah, we used to have a copy. I don't know if we still have a copy of it. It's yeah. somewhere somewhere. I think it's in our, it, or it was in our board game jail. <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 in our presentation. Um, and it's a card game. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it in a long time. That one's hard because what it is, is you have like this track of like three cards. Mm-hmm. And you have to lay down your card face down that you want to play. But it takes three turns for it to mature and finally activate Ah. so like by the time the card that you played becomes what it has you've already had three turns where things have changed so much Mm, so you're gonna be like oh i hope and it can really mess with you because you might play a card that says like you have to have at least three bunnies in your possession for this card to do anything but by the time that's happened you know your friend has already eradicated your entire force so like now that card does nothing Uh so it's it's a fun game but it's frustrating yeah Um, another one that is actually really popular right now, um, because it's somewhat new is Bunny Kingdom. I've heard of it. Um, yeah. And we, we kind of saw it, um, when we were at Dice Tower, um, basically you're leading your clan of rabbits to glory by, um, gathering resources and building new cities across the land. So essentially it's, um, a, a card drafting and resource building game. Okay. Um, but it's very cute. Um, it's all about bunnies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be a fun one to, um, to play at Easter. Another one that might be kind of a a different choice is Wingspan. Yeah. Um, because actually some of the components look like Easter candy. So you could easily swap in those little little Robin egg chocolate candies and stuff. Um, so that would be a kind of a non bunny one that would be maybe fun to play at Easter. And you know what? Um, some of the iconography of winter and holidays is birthdays. Mm -hmm. So like you can maybe, you know go through the deck and try to put near the top like things like red cardinals yeah or turtle doves mm-hmm. or something yeah so, or or you can kind of lean towards more of a spring vibe with it too yeah you know? maybe you hate winter and you're like i cannot wait for this snow to melt yeah so go for the spring mm-hmm. yeah and with all the expansions it's probably easier to kind of curate the deck a little bit towards right. whatever season it is yeah because i think the first expansion or the first game they had wasn't it like american birds and now they have like european birds out, yeah and they might be having other like continents or areas mm-hmm. of birds coming out yeah but they definitely have one expansion out where it kind of crosses the atlantic ocean whichever yeah. way it was um but yeah i think you could definitely curate like you said mm-hmm. whatever variety of birds that you want and you could have a good time with it yeah um so those are just some ideas that we had of maybe games that to bring out um to the table during the holidays. I mean, obviously you can play anything during the holidays. We played um, rival restaurants um, on, Thanksgiving. on Thanksgiving because we thought, oh, well, it's food-based. You it's know? a cooking day. It's a cooking yeah. game. Um, so, you know, obviously you can play anything. But, you know, if you kind of want to get into the spirit, uh, especially this year when you might not be feeling necessarily in the spirit, mm-hmm. um, these are some games that are out there and available that can kind of help you uh, get into the, the mood of the holidays. Right. I agree. And I think especially... Um, just re-nailing home your idea of that virtual murder mystery thing. I think that's a great idea. I've done some of those murder mysteries mm-hmm. at home before. They can be really fun, especially. Yeah. But definitely know your group and if they're into that or not. Mm-hmm. If you don't have people in the group who are kind of like theater kids at heart, where like they would like to do like a, a, a character or act like that, think about would they be comfortable with this? Because yeah. not to bring it down, but like I've done one of those where one person was not that person and it really like brought the vibe of the room down a notch or two. Yeah. Just them alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, doing something like that virtually could be a lot of fun, but also once again, know your group. It, it might, it might be more of a chore to certain people than, um, fun. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of things that we can do to still kind of play and make new traditions and interact in the holidays, even if you're separated by distance. Right. So let's uh, go on to our shelfie, even though our shelf is a little bare at the moment. Well, thankfully, we took a selfie with our shelfie. <laughs> so we can remember. So for this uh, shelfie, which is, you know, where we take um, a board game down off our shelf um, and kind of look at it in greater detail and kind of talk about why it is on our shelf mm -hmm. still. Should we call it our boxy since we're taking it out of our box? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so for this one, we wanted to talk Potion Explosion. Yes. Um, which is a game that I don't think gets brought out to our table enough, but I, I mean, I really enjoy it. I'm also really good at it. So yeah. that might be a little bit unfair. Like that's why I love it maybe because I'm so good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just, I really like the strategy behind it. And it's one that you, you were a little slow to warm to. Well, it's because, yeah, you have to have the eye for it mm -hmm. because you have all these marbles that are like four or five different colors in these like six or so rows and when you take one out, if two of the same color clacks together, because, you know, it's on a slant, uh -huh. then you can grab those two. And then if another combo happens, we're like, oh, now two yellows clack together because you remove those black ones. Then yeah. you can get those. But, like, it takes a while, at least it took a while for me to train my eye to see... The combination. Yeah, to kind of, like, imagine those, quote, dominoes falling into place. Yeah, exactly. And the, the real cool thing that I do like is that... These these marbles that you're taking out are essentially ingredients to build your your Harry Potter esque potions. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it doesn't say that he is, but the guy in the front looks like Professor Slughorn from <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm sorry, this is this is Slughorn's potion explosion, mm -hmm. um, and I will die on that hill. But <laughs> you you're essentially building these potions that you can then drink mm -hmm. to give yourself benefits. Yeah, like oh, if you drink this, then you can take extra marbles on your turn or if you do this then you can you know clear the board of, of this or whatever you remember them better than i do yeah well there's lots of different potions that are available um and they they can do a lot of things they can do anything from you can just take one marble of a certain color mm. um you can take two marbles of different colors that are are next to each other right um you can take you know as many of you want as one color in a line but the cool thing is like depending upon which potion you drink and mm -hmm. when and how you use it you can set the board up. That yeah, and, and I think that's where that's, you triumph. Yeah, I can't do that as well. Yeah, well, that's that's what you're you're slowly like learning to get better mm -hmm. at. Um, so yeah, so like one of the potions, for example, um, like I mentioned, is you can take just one of a color. And to someone just looking at it, how is that useful to me? Why would I just want one? Yeah, that's what I always say. Um, that's a worthless thing. I'm going to skip that. Yeah, but like by taking one, especially if you do it at the beginning of your turn and then take the rest of your turn, you can actually set up the dominoes to fall a certain way. Yeah. Um, so it can be very useful. Um, there's other things like one is, you know, you can um, essentially make all of the, the marbles in your reserve any color you want and mm -hmm. place them different places or one lets you reuse a potion. And so like one of my strategies is I don't, well, the, I have a couple strategies, but one is um, I try to get rid of that first hand that you're given as soon as possible because mm -hmm. those are all low scoring. They're not going to do much for you. Right. So you got to get rid of them as quick as possible and get something better. Um, I don't like to start out with the one that allows me to um, reuse a potion because I, 
don't have any potions to reuse. So why True. would I start with that? I also stay away from the wild card one initially. The one that's like the rainbow one or whatever. Yeah, which lets you make your, your ingredients any color you mm-hmm. want. And the reason I stay away from that one is when you start off, you don't, you, like you need every marble you get, so right. you don't have a lot in reserve. And so everyone thinks right away, oh, well, wild cards, that will be useful. But it really Same isn't here. useful to begin with, right? It, it's one that later on maybe might be useful. Um, so I tend to stay away from those. But yeah, a lot of my strategy has to do with setting up combos ahead of time mm-hmm. um, so that when I do play my turn, they all kind of fall just right, basically. Um, the, th- the couple things I like about the game, I do like the strategy. Mm-hmm. I think it's one that, um, kids can play and you can play with kids, you know, even if they don't maybe, you know, they aren't able to get into the real big strategy behind some of the moves and stuff. I still think it's, it's easy to teach them right. and they can play. Um, the other thing I like is just how this game looks and like the, in ingenuity of this idea of like you have like this little thing that holds the marbles and it's on a slant and you kind of put them on the top and they all kind of fall in this little thing where you pull them out it almost feels like i'm playing a prices right game where like i put the balls on the track and they mm-hmm. fall in the little holes and they come down the little i feel like i'm like at chuck e cheese yeah like, yeah and i think it's just it's one too if you pull this out to maybe people who've never seen it before or maybe even aren't that familiar with board games it automatically is like a Ooh, what's this? Ooh, what's this? Like, this is weird. And, or who would have ever thought of this? Or it's just a very clever and pretty little game that Mm -hmm. I think really catches people's attention. So that's another thing I like about it. I think the component factor is just really cool. Um, And it's also fun as an adult to play with marbles. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. And, you know, especially with me being a fan of the Marble League, yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but it is one that, you know, like, you can get really good at some of the strategies behind it. I mean, some of it is a little bit luck on how the marbles fall, you know? Right. Um, but it also, like, you can get, like, you can get to where you, when you're playing against someone who's really good, it can get really tough and competitive. And, like, there's ways that you can manipulate the, quote, luck of it coming up. So True. So that way you can guide it towards what you want it to do. Uh-huh. And I like how they even just have the option of like, you can ask the professor for help. Mm-hmm. So like he can take out one more marble for yeah. you. So that way, like essentially get two turns. Yeah. But... Which is also another way to kind of set the marbles for you. Right. So like, that's another thing is don't worry too much about not wanting to take the professor's help, but also don't abuse it. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. So I think that's why this is such a good game is that it's definitely one that you can like, listen, you absolute destroyed me the first time we played. You, I had like, I think 20 points, and you're like, I got 112. And it's like, it's not even funny. But I still had a blast playing mm-hmm. it. And the components are really good too, besides the marbles. The little like cardboard cutouts of the potions uh-huh. and how they're decorated to like look like a And penny. how you can like flip them. And then you flip, and you have to turn them upside down to make it look like you just. It's a beautiful. I love it. And. Everything about this game is just so well designed. You know, like mm-hmm. you hold the marbles on the little potion thing because it has little holes cut out so they can perfectly sit in there. You know, it's just, and then even like the place where you hold your potions. You don't need to have a thing in front of you to hold your potions on top of. But, but they, they give have, you a little bit. They have the little reserve that's like uh-huh. an empty beaker and then they have two little Bunsen burner kind of things underneath it. It's like, that's genius. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. This, whoever designed this game needs to like be given a, a medal or award or something <laughs> if they haven't already. Yeah. It's, Everything about it's perfect. Yeah, and it goes um, from two to four players. There is an expansion. I don't know if the expansion um, allows you to play with any more people. But doesn't it include like other teachers? Because you have the digital version. It does include other teachers. It also, 
Um, they let you do things other than just like pick one. Okay. Um, I can't remember all the specifics of what they they let you do, but yeah, they and then there's also like um another marble color oh. that also kind of acts kind of like a okay. um a wild card sometimes. But yeah, so I, I don't know though that it has any extra players, but it does definitely um adds different features and different like complications to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I really like about this game is it has an app version that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's one where you can play against people online. You can play against um, your friend at a different p- location using the app. Or you can play against the computer itself. And you can play against like one pe- uh, one computer player or multiple computer players if mm-hmm. you want. Um, but that's part of the reason I got really good at it is just playing that and kind of like learning what was working and what wasn't working for me and stuff like that and developing a strategy um but it's it's a really fun like app game um and it's really well done and really Mm -hmm. well themed sometimes these board game apps aren't that great but this is you know one that not you'll get the feeling of playing the game um and it's very much like playing the board game um and not to say oh play it to get really good but you know if maybe if you don't have people to play the board game with something like that, and you don't want to buy another board game on your shelf, um, the app is also a good way to um, scratch that itch and play the game. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it is I I enjoy how the game ends because there's these, like, special point medals or something that you get. I forget what the term is exactly. Like, commendations. And um, what is it? You get it for if you have three of the same kind of potion. And uh-huh. one and like a set of five different potions or something like that. Yes. Right. So like if you have two sets of five different potions, uh-huh. then like you get two, you know, uh, medals. If you have three different sets of three of the same potions, you can get three medals there. And based upon the number of players that you have, determines how many medals are available. Uh-huh. So that way, it scales the game to how many players there are. Mm-hmm. So that way, it doesn't drag on forever. Which yeah. Is two players. And once all the medals are gone, the game is over. Right. But the thing about the game and its core mechanic and how it works that I enjoy is that you're always taking a new potion. Mm-hmm. It's not like once you have 12, you're done. Yeah. Right? There's no limit like that. So technically, as long as you like spread them out enough, like you can get tons, like probably even like dozens of potions mm-hmm. before like you get to that point where all the metals are gone. So if the game ends early and someone like blitzes and is able to get all those metals quickly, yeah, maybe I lost for the points. But I never feel like, oh, I didn't get a chance to finish what I was planning. Mm-hmm. Because I know for a fact, like, as soon as you're done with this, something new would have popped up. Yeah. You know, some other games, like um, like Ticket to Ride, where it has that ticket in front of you, and that's what you need to do. And that's kind of like a finality to it. Of like, once I get my tickets done, then maybe I'll think about getting new tickets. Yeah. Or maybe I won't. Yeah. Well, depending on how you play. Yeah. Right. But, well, some players, once they get their tickets done... They just, okay, then I'm just going to spam putting on a bunch of train cars just to end the game. To end the game, I'll yeah. Just, I'll just save up to get, like, that route that's, like, six or eight long. Mm-hmm. Get a 20 points there, then I'll be cool. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. That's a legitimate strategy. But, like, in this game, you're constantly just going through the motion and getting a new potion and filling it out. So when someone ends, I don't feel as upset or as disappointed as it would in other games. Like, oh, I didn't get a chance to finish the thing I was trying to do. Uh-huh. Because, like... Every turn, also, the board changes so completely. You can't stare at the board and be like, okay, I'll do this and this when she's done. Yeah. I don't know what you're going to do, and you're going to change uh-huh. the board so hard, it's not even going to be funny. <laughs> you know, so, like, unless you somehow don't touch the one row that I need, mm-hmm. you have to examine the board every single time. Yeah. So, I like how it keeps refreshing itself. It's almost like, yeah, like, you're on a webpage, you keep hitting refresh, mm-hmm. because it's never going to be the same twice, 
and that gives us so much replayability as well. Yeah, and your strategy has to keep changing, you know? So it's not one where you can be like, oh, you... Like, you could be like, oh, you messed up my thing, but that's going to happen so many times that you just have to get over that. Exactly. And you just have to keep, you know... So it really... It's a good one that if you want to do a lot of, like, mental agility and, like, Mm -hmm. thinking fast and coming up with strategy fast, it's a good game for that. It's also a good one to teach your kids about disappointment. (laughs) No, seriously. Like... I'm sorry that mm-hmm. the world didn't wait for you to figure your stuff out and for it to work out. Yeah. But now you need to learn to roll with the punches mm-hmm. and to find something and, new. Yeah, figure like out a said, new strategy. Mental agility. You know, act, react. Yeah. You know? Well, speaking of disappointment, Greg, we need to go on to our escape room report. Um, Santa needs our help. I don't know if I can help him in this case. <laughs> but yeah, let's go do our escape room report. So happy holidays, Lauren. I've been a bad boy, so Santa locked me up. You've got to come get me out. <laughs> so I'd hoped we'd be able to do a, a live escape room for this uh, month's escape room report. Um, but unfortunately, with moving and everything else we've had going on, and a lot of the escape rooms are still closed in our area, mm-hmm. um, it kind of is hit or miss which ones are open. So we weren't able to do one this time. I'm hoping that we'll be able to start off the new year with a new escape room report. Um, for you guys, but we needed to find um, an escape room that we could play virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wanted it to be Christmas themed just because it's fun. Yeah. And I knew we were doing kind of a Christmas or a holiday themed episode. And I had it one particular thing also that I wanted is I wanted it to be one of the escape rooms that you didn't necessarily have to like book a specific time to do over Zoom because as we've mentioned, um, we are in the process of moving right now and just trying to, you know, we needed something very flexible with our schedules. For us, finding time to do something where people would be open for business in the middle of the day yeah, is kind of hard. Yeah, so. exactly. We, we needed to be flexible. So I heard about this room. It is um, done by a company called um, Evadere Virtual Escape Evadere. Evadere? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's Latin for evade or to okay. escape. Um, and it is a company based out of the UK, um, and they do, they specialize in virtual escape rooms, um, and they have several, um, but I saw that they had one, um, specifically for Christmas called the Christmas Crisis. Can you help save Christmas? Yes. Um, and so this is, um, it's a little bit different than some of the, uh, virtual escape rooms that we've talked about where they're kind of like this in a sense that they don't, um, they don't require you to have a game master to log in at a particular time to use zoom or anything like this. This is completely self-paced done at your leisure basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, unlike the ones we've done before from, um, the escape game, this, it doesn't have like a kind of really cool virtual dashboard per se no because like that one that we did was like we were spies yeah that was cool where mm-hmm. it's like we're playing a game like or like a video game kind of thing yeah you know, yeah but we're also solving puzzles yeah this is not that at all no it reminded me a lot of there is an escape room in the box company where you get all this stuff and then you kind of go to this website and you enter in the passwords yeah, as you I know go. what you're talking about. And it's very similar um, in this case. What you, you'll do is as you go through, you're presented with kind of a page with information on what you're trying to solve. And then at the end, it says, okay, then enter you know, the, the answer. Mm-hmm. And then that takes you to the next page. So it's basically just kind of a bunch of web pages that are password protected. And you figure out the, the, the riddle or whatever it is gives you the password, and you advance to the next. Seems like a good enough concept on its premise. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is very simple. So, you know, considering that this does cost money, mm-hmm. you know, I I would it say it costs you twelve ninety nine pounds. Yes, um, I did. I'll have to say I did get a Black Friday discount. Okay. I don't know if that will still be going on at the time you hear this podcast. Um, I'm kind of glad I got the discount, as we'll talk, because I don't know if this room was necessarily worth that. Um, I will say, however, though, this room can be played um, virtually if you want to um, like have a Skype session or a Zoom session with your family. Mm-hmm. You can all use the code to log in. In fact, when you first log in, they actually give you a bunch of directions and suggestions for how you could do this. So it is something that you could buy and then play with a bunch of people if you wanted to. Right. Um, yeah, but I would say I was kind of glad in this case that, you know, I didn't have to pay full price for it. Um, the the first clue for that was um, the fact that we had a really, a really hard time figuring out the first puzzle. <laughs> the first one. Yeah. The, um, like, the problem with this game is that, let's just say right out, it is advertised as like fun for the whole family kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know that kids could really do this. Kids could not do this. The only thing that this is fun for with kids is that it's Christmas themed. And it talks about how like you are an elf and I'm an elf and little yeah. Timmy's an elf and Junior's an elf. And... Yeah, I feel like, you know, maybe depending on the age of the kid, but like the adults would have to be driving essentially. Yeah, 100% because I'll, I'll just spoil the first one. The very first puzzle is Santa's like, okay, little elves, you have to go and get your uniforms from the postal annex in the North Pole. You have to type in the postal code in order to get in. Bye. And it's like, okay, postal code for what? Yeah, and there's there's various things that you could like assume, but it's hard because some of them are things that are vague that could apply to many places. You yeah, know? like he, they talk like... At one point, Santa says, like, oh, here in Lapland. And it's like, okay, yeah. like, do you mean, like, Lapland facetiously? Like, oh, where kids come and sit in my lap? Yeah. Or do you mean the actual location, like, dozens of which are called Lapland in real life? I looked it up. There's literally, like, a dozen or more towns in, called Lapland. Yeah, including, like, a city that's considered, like, the official home of Santa Claus called Lapland. But it's not that. Um, you know, it'd be like saying, oh, look up the postcode for Santa's Village. There are thousands of Santa's villages throughout the world. Which one? So which one am I looking for, you know? Um, and so it does kind of, and it, you end up, you have to Google something very specific. And it's not even a specific place. It's kind of like a specific combination of words. That will that get gives you what you want for your first Google A postcode that doesn't look like any postcode I've ever seen. Yeah. So I'm still not entirely sure what that was we put in. But no. we ended up having to use, there is like, a hint page that they tell you to navigate early on and kind of keep open, you know, in case we ended up having to use that. And even though we read the hints, we're like, how would we have ever figured out to do that? You know, um, I would say, you know what it's like? Here's mm -hmm. the example. It would be like if you had to Google Daenerys from Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, right? Except if you Google Daenerys, you're going to get 10,000 girls named Daenerys. If you Google Mother Dragons, you're going to get like 60 hits for Mother Dragons. But no, you have to know to to Google Daenerys, Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Change, Misa the Peep. Like you have to know yeah. to do this exact order and all this extra stuff that you don't think you need. Uh-huh. But you need that. Otherwise, Google's going to go, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was kind of bizarre. And I will say a lot of the issues that we ended up having with this was how like 
oddly and awkwardly things were worded. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That would send us down the wrong path or, um, you know, confuse us. And then also it was hard because because you are entering a code into things and it does tell you very specifically like always lowercase, but like the code can be various things. So it could be a few words and you have to like, and it says no spaces, but you're like, it feels weird to, you know, type in, hit it on the head with no with spaces, no space. yeah. you know, like that, like it's just, it goes kind of against your nature or there's, you know, one circumstance where it asked you for, you know, you kind of follow these kind of obscure directions, which I mean, was kind of cool. Like it was hard, but like, okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong with it being hard. Right. right? <laughs> but, um, you're following these directions to a street and then we typed in the street and we kept getting it wrong. And so we kept like second guessing ourselves. And it turned out you had to put in like the street name and like court or road well, or it was whatever like, yeah, it was. It's like if if it's Main Street. Yeah. Right, we put in Main. Incorrect. Main ST. Because remember there's no spaces. Yeah. So, and, and on Google Street View. This is it what says, it's saying. Main ST. Yeah. Okay. No. So it turns out for them, you have to type out main S-T-R-E-E-T. As one word, lowercase. Right. So you have to type <laughs> out the word street. Yeah. But in Google Street View, it doesn't it's say abbreviated. Yeah. So how would I know yeah. that I have to type out the whole word for street rather than just S-T as is shown to me? Mm-hmm. That would be like if I was in a room and it's like, oh, well, your puzzle is 8675. And I just have to know because of the song by Tommy Two-Tone, the other numbers is 309. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of the, like, it wasn't like every puzzle was like this. Some of them were fairly easy. I mean, most of them do require you to go out to um, other websites or to Google things. Um, you know, like a, one of them gives you a bunch of addresses and you have to look for certain colors, mm-hmm. which that's fine. I mean, granted, I'm like, okay, what if, that Google view changes, but I guess I, hopefully they yeah, will be paying attention. If it changes, then this then is only good for like a year or so. Yeah. You would think, yeah, I'm not sure when exactly they release this. A couple of them, like they require you like to go to like a specific site, but they're vague about it, which mm-hmm. is kind of hard. Like they'll be like, go to our website and look this up, but it turns out it's actually their social media, not oh, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. you know? So like that was a little confusing. Also, Okay, so the point of this is all the puzzles is supposed to get you in the Christmas mood. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, like one of them is you have a recipe for Mrs. Claus. And mm. it looks like the recipe page, like it was artistically well done where it has like little bits of like, you know, powdered sugar sprinkled on uh-huh. it. Like as if like she's in the middle of baking. And like, you, you know, your recipe gets a little dirty right yeah. there. It has some cocoa stains, you know. Oh no, the cocoa stained over a number for one of the ingredients I need kind of thing. That's cool. I like that. But then like that search where like, oh, we need the just the right shade of blue. Go look at this, um, this like structural like scaffolding that's only used for like construction in this weird. Go, that's the shaded blue I need. Really, like you don't need the shaded blue from like a famous painting, yeah. Or you don't need the shaded <laughs> blue from like a well, well-known sculpture. You want it from this construction scaffolding. Well, and like one of them, one of them specifically says, um, like a pizzeria, and yeah. on that on that exact spot. If you look around the 360 there view, two. there's two or three pizza places. Yeah, so I was, like, confused. And the only reason, like, I kind of... Well, you actually spotted the pizza place because I didn't even know it was a pizza place. I was looking at Domino's. <laughs> right. And, and um, you're like, there's two colors for Domino's. And, and, well, yeah, that. And then I'm like, well, there's scaffolding above Domino's, but, like, it, it didn't say scaffolding for this one. It says scaffolding for the other one. So I'm not, you know, like... 
Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, my just... point is there, like, scaffolding is, n- and, like, the, the roof color of a pizza joint mm-hmm. is not very Christmassy. Yeah. Like, I would, or very magical, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, they say, like, whenever they do training for Santas, you don't call them kids, you call them children, because yeah. that sounds more sweet and magical mm-hmm. and more in the Christmas spirit. And then here's a, but here's some, here's some guy's car parked in the driveway. There's some scaffolding and there's a pizza joint. Yeah. Oh, magical. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, there's, there's a number that was kind of like, okay, this is a little weird. Like the one where, like I said, you had to kind of like follow these directions um, and like figure out where a present went or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which like, it was a kind of a cool idea. But like, once again, there was nothing really Christmassy about it other than that they said you were following a present. But really, um, you're just clicking is... along Google Street following a car yeah. to tell you. They are very specific that you need to use Google Street, not like your phone apps or things like that, because you need to use like the, you need to use like a combination of Street View and um, uh, like the Map View in order to do this, mm-hmm. or at least it's easier if you do it that way. Um, we tried to just do it Street View, and it got a little confusing because sometimes you know it clicks too far forward, and you're like, oh. and you also have to kind of understand how. Um, British driving works and how roundabouts work, yeah. which at first was throwing us. I mean, we do understand how they work, but like we were just Americanizing it. Or, you know, I was turning right instead of left. Yeah, of thing, exactly. Yeah. You know, some of the some of the puzzles I didn't have a problem with. You know, there was a cute little like um, reindeer logic puzzle that was fine. Yeah, who goes in what stall? Yeah, the, I liked the cookie uh, ingredients one, but there I like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of it because but... the way they word it. They're like, oh no, like one of the recipe, the amount is wrong. Can you help us find out what the correct amount is? So you do a little bit of detective work and you find that, the, oh, the recipe says it's supposed to be 12 ounces yeah. or something. But then you type in 12 and that's not correct. And you're like, what? And then, oh, well, she's making it for 200 people or 200 mm. elves. So you need to like multiply that. But the thing is like, it's almost like the blank space there on the page is for a recipe for only like four. And you're asking me what goes in the blank yeah, space. Yeah, they should have, what they should have done is they should have had the recipe written out for that many servings so that when you went over and saw it, you would see, oh, this is exponentially more than this. So I must be needing to convert right. this. Right, if, if it was like a little side note from Mrs. Claus going like, okay, I need to times that by three. Ye- that, that would have been fine too if it was written on the recipe page. Yeah. But it's like you have to kind of connect in your brain like this little picture with kind of something that was said to you earlier and which i mean sounds nitpicky but like if you saw it you would kind of understand what we meant like here's the thing the difference here is that in a real room if we had these physical puzzles in front of us we would be able to kind of see what input are they looking for yeah for this like is it like a 12 like digit code we had to type in with a keypad is it a three digit combination lock uh-huh. is it like a turn left turn right high school kind of like master lock yeah you know we can kind of guess like okay here's what they're what the format of the information is going to be because it's just a box you have to type in yeah there's no yeah. way to know yeah you don't know what they're looking for you don't know if you're on the right track you and we were know. we were thinking like okay maybe type in 12 grams because they're asking for grams. Okay, maybe try type in just 12G for grams. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, like we were getting frustrated because we don't know what format you want. Yeah, we don't know what they're looking for. Like We understand the answer, but we didn't know what they were looking for. And even when we had it right, like the main street thing I yeah. said, we had the street right the first time. 
but we just didn't spell out drive. So mm-hmm. like we were like, we must be wrong. Let's redo the entire puzzle again. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, well, are they considering this walkway to be part of it? You know, like yeah. we're going through all these different scenarios and it, the answer was right there. It's just we weren't typing it exactly the way it wanted, so it was being touchy. Um, like even BuzzFeed quizzes are mm-hmm. better than that. If I type in Cinderella for yeah. Disney, like which princess are you? And I get it like half spelled wrong. It's like, eh, close enough. You, we know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's technology there that could make this better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did appreciate, you know, there's kind of cute little Christmas music playing in the background. It gets annoying really um, fast. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could turn it off, I guess. Um, it's the only thing you need sound for, so you don't need sound for any of like the clues or any of the puzzles. But like, so. why not have sound for those like puzzles? That would mm-hmm. be cool. Like in one of them, you could have like elves like whispering clues or secrets yeah. or whatever well yeah and i think you know it would be cool if like because there's a lot of flavor text to read and so it would be cool if instead it was like a video or even an audio file with like a funny santa voice mm-hmm. you know explaining it to you um oh another issue that we kind of ran into is like because you're kind of googling outside sites yeah you don't always maybe necessarily find exactly what they're looking for so like one of them we were getting distracted by like how the spelling of certain words was different yeah. because we were looking, you, you looked it up on your phone and I looked it up on my computer and like the sites we visited, we visited two different sites and the way they spelt it was differently. And like so one was we, British spelling, one was American yeah, spelling. Yeah. And so we kind of went down a rabbit hole with that, which like, oh, was different. This answer. one has a U that the other one doesn't. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe it's color that we're looking at because it's spelled mm-hmm. funny here. And you're like, no, I don't think that's it. But. Yeah. And I mean, I do like that. A lot of the puzzles went, you know, kind of, Go back into a Christmas theme and they make you, you know, revisit the Twas the Night Before Christmas poem or um, the t- 12 Days of Christmas song. Or they or... go over the eight reindeer names. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some I mean, of them are like that. it did give us a good recipe for mince pie as well. <laughs> yeah, if we wanted to do that. So, I mean, some of them, like, they keep going back to the Christmas. But, like, some are kind of, like I said, following the package. It's a little... You know, it, it's not very Christmassy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so there were certain things that you're like, okay, well, I mean, that was a clever idea, but it doesn't really fall, go into our theme here. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, being an internet sleuth doesn't make me feel like a Christmas elf. It makes me feel like an IT guy who's helping the elves figure yeah. out their system. Well, and you know what's funny is I'm trying to, like, I'm like, I feel like in some ways it was more like an internet um scavenger hunt in some ways that's really what it was but but at the same time i'm like i'm thinking of some of the other ones we've done and i can't say that they're like super different um you know some of the other ones did require us to like google things or go out to different um street views and stuff like that but i guess i don't know if it was because of the theme or because of the way they were done it really did still feel like i was doing an escape room just like the two of us or even by myself on a computer you know what i mean whereas this one I, I, I felt still very disconnected to the theme and like kind of go not even really sure what I was supposed to Google. No, yeah, like I, I agree with you. It's every time a new puzzle would start and that Christmas music, um, oh, that's right. This is a Christmas thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, okay, what's my, what's the thing? Yeah. You know? And then like it quickly bogs down. Mm-hmm. Like at one point, one of the puzzles, is you're staring at this big grid of just four numbers on each yeah. thing. And like, I get what they're doing with the puzzle. I won't mm-hmm. explain what they're doing, but like, the the clues that you get are kind of Christmas themed, but the puzzle itself is just like, like I don't it doesn't tie into anything. Yeah, you know? and it's it, I I I hated this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, I know I'm trying to be kind, but I'm I'm 
I had I'm having a hard time finding anything like super great about it. I mean, I will I will give it credit for we've had a long day and we've had a frustrating day, so we're probably a little bit easier to frustrate today. No, no, I than normal. I think I can remove myself from all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this, trying my best. There are good parts to it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like like you said, I like the fact that it gave me an excuse after years of not doing it to read the entire poem of Twice the Night Before Christmas. Yeah, because there was you, you kind of had an initial guess for what the answer was, and you were wrong because you were kind of going off the shortened version of the poem. Yeah. Um, so when you read the whole thing, you were like, oh, this word is in there. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> but like... And then, you know, there was a little bit of, like, some code breaker stuff, too. That was fun, you know. It was interesting on how they tried to use the Googling for, like, different, like, cities and street views and stuff like that. Yeah. But the, <laughs> but the journey to get there sucked. Yeah. Like, at one point, one, and the clues were written poorly. At one point, yeah. they're like, you know, they're trying to narrow it down to, like, one city you're supposed to Google. Yeah. And I won't give away too much. But at one point, they said, this is the second largest state in the world. I'm like... What do you mean largest state in the world? Yeah, that's like, a very vague thing. So even if you Google second largest state, you're not going to get the right answer. Like basically s- ignore that clue altogether. Yeah. Go based on the other clues and you will figure it out. And like. Also, okay, it, that was funny because <laughs> it was so what they used is they used a Twitter feed. I was going to say, let's. Yeah. Let, they used a out. Twitter feed and like, but like normally, so the newest tweets always go on top. Mm-hmm. But the way they did this, it was you're reading down the Twitter feed. So it's reverse for so what it is. So it's reverse. And so you're, it kind of like, for me right away, I was like, oh, well, this like isn't legitimate because you should have started at the end and worked your and way you back. Up. So that, yeah, so that you would have to scroll down to get all of So the, essentially, the, like, the clues get harder if you do it right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, you guys should have tweeted that differently so it actually like, seemed it, real. It's but. just so bad. Like, I get what they're trying to do. It's a great attempt. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done this at all. Yeah. I'm not saying it's that bad. Like, burn it down. Delete this. Don't yeah. sell it. I'm just saying that this is a great idea. It needs to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. It really does. This felt like a demo. And they need an run. editor to um, clean up some of them because a couple of them, it's it's like the punctuation is off. Or like like we said, the one where it's the second largest state and you're like what i don't understand like and then even if you tried to google it and like so you were basically i started following the other clues and while well, you were following that clue yeah and we were turning up in like completely opposite sides of a country basically yeah um and i found i found it by kind of like ignoring that clue altogether and looking at the yeah other it was stu- like to give an example like you were looking at like new york and i was looking at san francisco yeah that's how opposite we were we were like literally on separate coasts, and you were like trying to do all this measurement stuff, and like, and you're like, no, it's this right here. I'm like, yeah. oh well, I guess. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that I'd be in a hurry to try their other. They have two other, um, you know, virtual escape rooms. I don't know that I'd be in a, a hurry to try those. And also, like I said, I don't know um, because let's see, twelve ninety nine pounds. I feel like the British way to say is twelve pounds ninety nine. Yeah, but. that's about um, almost sixteen dollars US, which is obviously still much cheaper than a, a normal escape room. Don't get me wrong. And you know, like we said, this is something that you can play. Technically, you could probably even send the code to someone else. I don't think there's a time limit to it per se. Um, you can also do it virtually, which we're all looking for virtual things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, I'm glad I didn't pay full price for this. Yeah. You know, like that's, I, you know, and I can't say that I would go out and really recommend it, especially because if it was more, at least if it was more family friendly and kid friendly, then I could say, okay, this wasn't for us, but if you have kids, this might be fun. Right. But I can't say that, you like, know? I can see some of these puzzles in here being kid level. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to read you this this list of words mm -hmm. and you, you know, put your finger on the map and you trace when yeah. I say what sounds like a, a color and yeah. you follow the path, the colored path like Candyland. Mm -hmm. Like there's some stuff like that in here, you know, or like, okay, I'm going to give you a list of words and you cross them out as you hear them. Yeah. You know? Or, um, you know, even there's one kind of logic puzzle and, you know, logic, logic puzzles can be hard, but it could be a teaching moment where you work with the kid. And, and you like, teach this them. is how, you know. You do these, yeah. Yeah, so I can see that. But a lot of them, you know, I don't know. I mean, your kid could be with you while you do it, and mm -hmm. that might be fun for them. But I can't say A kid that... could not do this on their own, no. I don't think. I, don't, I think if you put this in front of, like, your daughter or mm -hmm. son, if they were anything under the age of 11, after the first puzzle, they're going to be like, I don't yeah. And they're going to walk away. Yeah. And, and I mean, they do say that, like, they say right on there that not the kids won't be able to do all of these, some of the stuff the adults will need to do. But like so, the first gate. But door. yeah, but so much of it the adults have to do that I feel like if I was a kid sitting here, I maybe would be happy that I'm participating with, and like, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that I would feel that engaged by it. Yeah. So, I mean... This is this this Christmas gave this Christmas crisis gave us a crisis. I think. Yeah, this is the first time I'm not going to recommend an escape room at all. Like, yeah, I think. well, maybe I did one before, but like, well, we've we've done that with um, non-virtual rooms, but I think true, this yeah. might be the first time that we've done a virtual one that we're saying. And keep in mind, maybe not. This is me like itching to scratch that escape room itch. Like, you know, yeah. like I'm dying to, to yeah. like do something. So like anything would be like you know. Like how Eddie Murphy used to say, like, if you give a starving man a cracker, mm -hmm. he's going to think that's the best thing he's ever eaten in his life. Yeah. This is, like, the first escape room I've done, like, over a month. You'd think I'd be, like, joyful for her. This was garbage to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, really, like, like I said, it, it's a great concept. Mm -hmm. I see where the potential is. It is not done. It is as if you ordered dinner and they brought it out half-baked. And you'd be like, no, I'm not eating this. It's... It's half raw. Mm. This is this is sickening. No, take it back. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I felt this way too about about like some of the escape room in a boxes where you do have to kind of just enter those little passwords. Mm -hmm. it, it it automatically lends an air of, am I doing it wrong or is it broken or is it you yeah. know like so there's it already adds like a bit of confusion to it anyway. And the problem is that they do yes have usually tiered clues of like mm -hmm. i need my first clue okay that wasn't enough for me to can we get another one to nudge me more in the right direction but the problem is that if those don't do it for you like usually it's like clue one clue two you know what here's the answer yeah but like so i want to know like how do you get there mm -hmm. you know and like without a person there to be able to artic articulate to the level of understanding that i need of like no no see first you had to take this and you had to look at it through the spanish lens of like, <laughs> like, you know, then, okay. But it, it's, this is the fruitcake mm -hmm. of escape rooms online. It's Christmas, I get it, but nobody wants this. Yeah, yeah. it made me really wish that the escape game, which we've done a couple of their virtual rooms before, yeah. it made me wish that they had done one like this because I really like 
their sort of like dashboard concept mm-hmm. of how they do some of these virtual rooms. Um, now, granted, if you've listened to our past episodes, you'll know that the escape game, they are a live brick and mortar yeah. um, place. They also do um, remote like Zoom games where, mm-hmm. you know, that you have like an avatar in the room. But that they also kind of have this side thing where they do kind of these virtual rooms that are purely online and that you don't need to have like any person with you or something you you do it at your own pace you pay for it and then you do it whenever you want i was just thinking you know what they would totally do and i would love it mm-hmm. they because remember how we did it with agent starscream where it's like the one guy with the gopro on him well that was the uh yeah that was when we did it with the live avatar right. basically. i think it'd be cool if they do a live avatar for one of these rooms it's digital only mm-hmm. online only and the avatar is santa and you are the elves walking him through dropping off presents to a house Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, how great would that be if, like, they also could put a filter on it so everyone's voice in chat is higher pitched? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, except for Santa somehow, you know, so, like, all your friends are, they all sound super high pitched, like they are elf voices, you know? <laughs> and th- that'd be great. You know, like, Santa, you gotta go turn on the lights and you gotta, you know, decorate the tree a bit and you gotta find the star and put it on and then you gotta put the presents in this order from left to right, you know? That'd be kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I still think that like their um, their dashboard sort of um, experience could work. Like you know, you could be elves trying to help Santa yeah. as he delivers all the presents, and exactly. there could be different things that are coming up that are stopping Santa from being able to deliver the presents, and you have to work through those. Right. Or like like maybe I think that snowstorms or something. Yeah, I think that would lend itself well to that mm-hmm. dashboard like experience that they've created. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and you could have like fun music and like do their little videos that they have with the actors. And I mean, granted, that production value is a lot more. But when you consider what they sell those rooms for, you know, you're not paying any more than what I paid for this. Yeah, true. Um, because the thing is, once they've done it, they've done it. So they can just keep selling it and the work's done. Yeah. You know? But this so, one needs to get some more work put in. Yeah, it. I think so. I, I think it's it's a good idea. It's just, like you said, it's a little, you know, I feel like there's there's technology out there that they could have made this better. Mm. At less and cost also, this will eventually expire because Google Street View will change. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of has a time limit on it too, you know. And that's kind of cruddy to think about like, well, one day you can't use this anymore unless mm-hmm. they go back and update it. So yeah. that's why, like I said, especially for the things like find the color of the scaffold. How about instead you find me a statue that's blue? Yeah. You know, so that way I can just, oh, it's that statue that's always going to be there for at least the next 50 years, you mm-hmm. know, not the next 18 months. Yeah. So I can't say that we um, we recommend this company. How do you pronounce it again, Greg? I would say it's uh, Evadere. Yeah. And so that's E-V-A-D-E-R-E. Um, virtual escape rooms um, based out of the UK. You know, I, I, I'm glad for the attempt and glad for something Christmassy, but um, not quite a room that I can recommend that you try yourselves. Ho, ho, no. <laughs> All, right. All right. So now let's go ahead and go on to our Friday favorites. So for my Friday favorite, um, I want to kind of go back to our last episode where we um, did our shelfie on the Harry Potter deck building game. Right, the battle for Hogwarts, Hogwarts battle. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, that game's really fun. We love that game. And you can play that game two-player if you want. You can play it solo if you want. It's if hard. If you want, yeah. But you um, can do it. But what's fun is they did release a game, and it's, it's made by the same company. It's very similar in its look and things, but it's actually specifically for two players. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it's um, Harry Potter, Hogwarts, Battle, Defense Against the Dark Arts. And it's actually a dueling game mm-hmm. where you are essentially dueling one another um, and you kind of have this little board that's your tracker and you have to kind of like almost like push the other player out. It's cool because we recently, I recently mentioned to you, you know, I've never seen the Harry Potter films except for like one or two times before. Uh-huh. Like I've seen the first one a bunch, but like all the other ones, two through eight, I think there is all together. Uh-huh. Like I'd only ever seen like once or twice. And so like we went and watched what, which one's the one with the snake and the guy who... Who is is number two? Yeah, we've watched one, we watched two and three so far. Right, but we watched the one where the guy who is like the teacher who's lying about everything, Lockhart. Lockhart, right? yeah. Where he's like, oh, let's do a dueling club, and they actually had like that cool mat with like the moons on it. Uh-huh. They, that's the board here. Yeah. So like they got all the details right. Yeah. And yeah, it plays very similar to the Harry Potter battle one, except that you actually have jinxes and curses you can throw at your other player mm-hmm. that messes them up and. The other fun thing is you have allies. So yeah. like you can have students and even teachers from Hogwarts be backing you up in this fight. Yeah. So technically then it's not just a one-on-one. It could be like a five-on-seven fight. Mm-hmm. You know, they all do the special bonuses. Like I forget what they are, but like, oh, if Hermione's there, you can draw an extra spell card. Or if Goyle's with you, then uh, you do an extra stun or, you know, yeah. something like that. And mm-hmm. it's kind of cool how you have like you can almost like build this engine of like backup allies. Yeah, so it's very much a, a deck building um, game in the same sense that the other game is a deck mm-hmm. building game, but you're kind of building your own private deck to battle against the other player. Right, and but also it's not just about the cards that you have, uh-huh. but also the cards that are permanently down. Yeah. Because once you get an ally down like Neville Longbottom, he's there with you until something makes him leave. Yeah. Like Because I can play cards that make you discard an ally or something. Yeah. But like otherwise, he will stay there and he will every round buff you up. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're growing an experience as yeah. you go along the fights. And I do like that it's the best like three out of five mm-hmm. so like if you absolutely trounce someone in one round then the next round you have to reshuffle your deck and start again yeah. so i have a chance to like get back yeah know? and it's it's kind of like you have so many hit points that you have to hit them for mm. and the thing is you can also heal yeah so a big part of it is trying to hit someone a bunch of times at once mm-hmm. to like get them down really fast before they have a chance to heal yeah um, and you're really good at it yeah i don't think yeah. i beat you yet <laughs> yeah yeah i do tend to be really good at this game um and it, it's a lot of fun i mean it is it's nice to, you know, it's always nice to have two-player games that we can mm-hmm. just pull out and play. You know, there's some games, like we said, that, you know, the other one, you can play it two-player. It's not quite as fun. Um, but but this one is made for two people. I just appreciate that I finally get a little bit of representation for Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Because most games, it's all about Gryffindor and Slytherin. I'm like, where's my Ravenclaw Hufflepuff representation? Thank you very much. So those are my two houses. <laughs> I'm Ravenclaw, fallback Hufflepuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's my, uh, Friday favorite. That's, um, the Hogwarts Battle Defense Against the Dark Arts. It's a pretty good one. What about you, Greg? I do like that one. Um, mine, uh, I think will surprise you, but I've been kind of thinking about it lately and I know that one of our friends has it, so maybe we can convince them to get it out. I kind of want to go back and play Oceans. Okay. You know, it's interesting you say that. They just released, um, an oceans app version oh did they and it's it's free right now Ooh. it probably will have a cost i'm jumping on my new phone right now to go get that <laughs> but no i like it because it's like evolution mm-hmm. but it's 
different enough. It's yeah. not just a wet evolution, you know. It's yeah. the the way the mechanics are for like the number of fish in the pool mm-hmm. and who has to feed and how they feed is because before it's like okay, you have so many plants in the middle or you have so many animals in this yeah. savanna or whatever you want to call it, and if you have to eat per number of th- you know of your like population, I think it was called. Uh-huh. But in oceans, it's different. Well, like just each species needs to eat once or something like that. Yeah, and that it changes the strategy. Yeah, and it's not like you're not building your body size and your population mm-hmm. like you are in evolution. Right. It, yeah, it's that's what when you know originally when we first went to go play it, I thought it was going to be just like evolution, but in water, and it's not. And I mean, I commend them for that because they didn't just reskin their game. And like the way it feels to me, it feels more like an ecosystem mm-hmm. where like all the different species that you put down and that I put down feed off of each other and work yeah. off of each other because like there's things like oh i have this evolution that like if the other player has more then he gets some benefit uh-huh. you know? and then also they have those like deep evolutions where like it's like you know uh bioluminescence or yeah something. like it's got a really strong aggressive thing mm-hmm. but also has like a drawback yeah and i think that's really cool that like it's kind of like how you always say that in evolution i go predator way too fast <laughs> you do you know but it's kind of like that where like this is a risky move, but it could pay off if you do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I'm eager to go back and try that again because we were able to do it uh, this year at Dice Tower. Yeah. At Dice Tower 2020, mm-hmm. uh, just before our COVID hit, you know. <laughs> and it was a really cool game. And they even had like different, um, like printed uh, special level tokens for like different Yeah, those are those. really cool. So, like, I know obviously, like, we won't be able to play with those because I don't think our friend has that. I think he has the basics. Uh-huh. But like just to mess around with the mechanics again and play with the cards. And yeah. Like, you know, I, I, and also I like, I like ocean theme. I think the ocean is fun. I like this marine kind of mm-hmm. theming, you know, and yeah. fish are such interesting creatures. Yeah. So I think that'd be a fun one to do. I know mm-hmm. it's not Christmas themed, but darn it, the Little Mermaid celebrates too. <laughs> Music for this episode was Megaress by TwinMusic.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are appreciated as it helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening and goodbye.